Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Time for the Buck Blue Show here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. Streaming at 680thefan.com. Listen on the mobile app sponsored by Beaver Toyota of Coming, and you can listen on your smart speaker. Brought to you by South Point Financial Services. 10 o'clock hour on The Fan, sponsored by the Haug Law Group. As we got DT and Ernie in the house, Road Dog working on the road today. That's why he's called Road Dog. And we are ready to roll. Bucks Big Take. Well, the Senior Bowl is underway in Mobile, and two of the eight Georgia Bulldog players have suddenly pulled out. Running back James Cook and linebacker Quay Walker will apparently not be participating this week. Quay Walker's reason allegedly is a lingering injury, which makes sense, man. It's been a long season. You won the national championship. You practiced overtime, and the body's banged up and beat up. Cook's reason apparently is undetermined, but it's a shocker. Gosh, I spent a couple of days over the weekend researching the senior bowl, looking at James Cook as one of the dudes – in the Senior Bowl that had an opportunity to really improve his draft stock. I mean, the spotlight was going to be on James Cook. Had an opportunity to show off this dangerous hybrid skill set and improve his draft position with a good week at practice. But now that will not be possible. NFL personnel scouts and coaches were anxious to see James Cook working at running back and receiver this week. His hybrid skill set fits this recent trend of utilizing players with this type of dual threat talent. You know, a running back that can go out and run routes at the wide receiver position, a receiver that can get in the backfield and run between the tackles. Think about guys like Debo Samuel, Corderell Patterson come to mind. And this is the category that James Cook was being slotted in. Call this a missed opportunity for James Cook. And you look at where he was slotted to be drafted. Coming into the Senior Bowl, James Cook was looked at, his projection was a day three draft pick. Day three, you're wondering, well, that's round four and five. And I was believing Cook could go down to Mobile, show off that skill set during practice this week, and leave Mobile as a day two draft pick second and third round. So what kind of money are we talking about here as far as the missed opportunity to move up in the draft? A year ago, running back Trey Sermon went in the third round, got a four-year contract, roughly $5 million, close uh, to a million dollars in guaranteed money. Kenneth Gainwell out of Memphis, went in the fifth round of the draft, running back. Got a contract of four years, $3.5 million, and the guaranteed money was roughly around $300,000. So we're talking about 
a missed opportunity as far as the money goes, a difference of over a million dollars. So what's going on with James Cook, man? I wonder. Man, had a, a really uh, outstanding opportunity to go into the Senior Bowl, compete against the best of the best, show off the skill set that is trending up in the National Football League, and take advantage of that uh, at the bank uh, with the big paycheck, with the draft. And the difference uh, seems to be a lot of money to me. I just, you know, maybe he is uh, dinged up. Maybe he pulled a ham or something in workouts trying to get ready for the Senior Bowl. We are not sure right now. But it looks like James Cook has missed out on an opportunity to go improve his draft stock. And that is a little bit disappointing because I was a big fan, still a big fan of James Cook. And no, he will be a a good fit for somebody that can utilize his skill set. So we'll keep an eye on that story, see what develops there. Want to talk about the Auburn Tigers coaching staff situation for a moment. This thing came down a little over 24 hours ago where Brian Harson. Entering his second year on the Plains, uh, running that Tigers football program, it suddenly he's got some problems, man, and it's with the coaching staff. So he forced Mike Bobo out at the end of the year. And Harson comes out and says, well, you know, I plan on running the offense in the upcoming season. See, he utilized Bobo with the contacts that Bobo had here in the southeast, in the deep south. Same thing with his defensive coordinator that left after one year. Bring in guys that have some contacts, that have a reputation here in the Deep South where Auburn is recruiting. Since Harson doesn't have any of those contacts, and take advantage of some of these guys you put on your coaching staff for a year. And then when you establish some contacts, when you get to know some of the high school uh, head coaches uh, around the state of Alabama here in the Deep South, then you don't really need Bobo and your defensive coordinator as much anymore. So Harson decides, okay, I'm going to be the offensive coordinator. I'm going to go out and hire one to come in and basically do all the offensive coordinator work, and then I'll take over on game day on Saturday. Call the plays. Austin Davis, who Harson hired about a month ago, came in from the Seattle Seahawks, where he was Russell Wilson's quarterback coach, 32 years young, Austin Davis, bounced around the league as sort of a backup quarterback type for years. With the Seahawks for three years, I believe it was. So Harson goes out and sells Austin Davis. You come down here to Auburn, man, we're going to pay you top dollar, and uh, your, your career is going to be on the up and up, baby. And then he steps down Sunday into Monday for what he's saying is personal reasons. He wants to spend more time with his family. Let me give you my interpretation of that. Allow me to read the tea leaves for you. Austin Davis, after one month on the job, determined that this isn't a job he wanted working under Brian Harson. He was unhappy with the new job. Harson has a reputation already as being tough on his assistant coaches. And I imagine Austin Davis said, hold on here. So let me get this straight. I'm going to do all the work. 
and then you're going to call the plays on Saturday? I think I want to spend more time with my family. I'm here with my family. Yeah, I'm I'm jumping out of this thing. (laughs) I've seen enough after one month. This thing's a dumpster fire over at Auburn, man. Harson, his coaching staff, is a revolving door right now. I mean, think about some of these players at Auburn on offense, the offensive side of the ball. Dude, they don't even they can't remember. There's been so many guys coming and going at the offensive coordinator spot. They they don't even know today if you interviewed them and say, okay, what do you think about your offensive coordinator? They'd say, who? I'm not sure who that is. Harson went out and tried to hire a puppet is what he tried to do. I'm going to go find a guy that looks at the paycheck, uh, the salary that we're going to pay him. We're going to give him a, a raise from what he was making. And because of that, I can get him to do anything I want him to do. He can hit that recruiting trail, be away from his family, spend five nights a week away from the family, come back and spend all day at the office looking at personnel and looking at uh, the opposing defenses they're going to face in the upcoming season, start looking at next year's recruiting class, and I'm going to work his tail off. And then on Saturday, I'm going to call the plays. Brian Harson, this is a dumpster fire, and it's not a good look. You're trying to keep up with Alabama, and so far, you're, you're, uh, you're falling way behind even though you gave him a a good little run in the game last season. So Auburn now, if you're an offensive coordinator, guys, and you're looking to do all the work and then let Harson take over and call the plays on Saturday, that job's available right now. Nerny, you want that job? No, I'm very comfortable here, Buck. DT, how about you? You want that job? You want to go do all the work and then let Harson call the plays on Saturday? Yeah, I'm pretty happy here. Let's get you a raise. I'm into that. All right, those are the two big stories out there. Let's get to the Buck Blue Show headline brought to you by Grease Monkey. All right, no Trey and the Hawks go down last night. The seven-game win streak is now over. I was uh, I heard Travis Link, uh, Slink, the general manager, talking earlier this morning, and he's saying they hope to have Trey back on Thursday. Because the Enfuego Phoenix Suns are showing up. They've won 10 games in a row. They're coming in on fire, the hottest team in the NBA. And apparently we need Trey Young to be able to win these type of games. So he's got a shoulder that was banged up. He uh, took a shot from uh, one of the Lakers on Sunday afternoon. And so sat out the game last night, the loss to the Raptors. Tried to go in pregame. Shoulder was sore. They said, you're better off sitting this one out. We're going to try to get you ready for Thursday when the Phoenix Suns show up. They're hoping to get Trey Young back in there. So there's your uh, Buck Blue Show headline brought to you by uh, Grease Monkey, oil changes and more. Man, the work, it is done fast. And it's done right. Don't you like that? Visit greasemonkeyauto.com for store locations and special Offers The Falcons are down in Mobile checking out the Senior Bowl, and I'm going to tell you what they should be focused on when we come back. It's the Buck Baloo Show on the fan, 10 to 11, Monday through Friday, here on 680. Woo! 
Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. show on the fan 10 to 11 monday through friday appreciate you hanging out with us might be listening on that mobile app beaver toyota coming beaver direct the fastest and easiest way to shop online for your next vehicle visit beaver download the fan app right now on the itunes and google play store so remember that folks uh talked about the senior bowl Opening practice today has got the show started and talking about uh, James Cook not being a part of it, a little disappointed. I was anxious. That was one of the things I had highlighted. Coming in, keep an eye on James Cook out of Georgia during the Senior Bowl. One of the guys that had a chance to really improve his stock. Well, a little disappointed to see Cook pulled out of the game. The other guy on that list is Liberty quarterback Malik Willis who's got a lot to gain this week down at the Senior Bowl. Dude can spin it. You saw that at Liberty the last two years, and he's got some wiggle when he pulls that thing down and runs runs with it. So, you know, I, I had Cook and Willis in that category. Keep an eye on these guys. They got a chance to move up with a good week of practice. Not so much for Cook. All right, so what are our Atlanta Falcons doing? Well, they have packed up, and they have uh, moved in down in Mobile, and hopefully they are taking a really long look and really focused on the offensive linemen and the defensive linemen because Lord knows, man, that's where the Falcons need need help the most. You will look around the National Football League, and I'm hard-pressed to find another team that is as weak as the Falcons on the offensive line and the defensive line. And I look at the Falcons on the O-line, I'm thinking, okay, they can improve at left tackle. Matthews. They can improve at left guard. Come on, Nurney's better than Mayfield. They can improve at center. I know, uh, I know 20 guys at center that could do a better job than the guys they had there this year. Now, Lindstrom, was, he's like uh, one of the best guards in, in the National Football League. So we do have one legitimate player on the offensive line, and he's the right guard. He didn't give up a sack at all this season. Yeah, didn't allow one single sack, and he's taken on those three techniques in the National Football League where typically those are the top defense, interior defensive linemen in the league that Lindstrom's going up against. Right tackle, McGarry, come on, man. I mean, hadn't we seen enough there? So the fa- Arthur Smith now, our new coach, coming off his first season, he is a former offensive lineman and a former offensive line coach. 
in the National Football League. So when I when I turn on uh, ESPN or the NFL Network this week and they're showing practice and some of those drills where the offensive linemen are going up against the defensive linemen, one-on-one, mano-a-mano, I'm going to be disappointed if I don't see Fontenot and Arthur Smith in the background checking that thing out. Line of scrimmage play. We need help. You know, we got one offensive lineman we can count on, Lindstrom. And I think on defense, really, we got one defensive lineman we can count on, Big Grady Jarrett. So the Falcons, they should be totally focused on that. And the edge rusher is something, too, that that comes to mind. I saw one of these mock drafts overnight where they had like five or six edge rushers going in the first round. Premium position. Everybody seems to be looking for the guy that can come off the edge and sack the quarterback. So the Falcons are looking for that. And there are a couple of guys down there I hope they're going to be examining really, really closely one of them is a former Georgia Bulldog player. And, look, I know typically they don't, they don't draft Georgia players. I was hoping Nick and Chris would ask T about that when he sat in. They didn't get around to that one. But Jermaine Johnson, baby. Now, he was only a Bulldog one year, I believe it was. So he came in for junior college, as I recall, Uh, Played for Georgia, did a lot of uh, rotating in and out, on and off the field. Uh, Looked good when he was in there, but Georgia with a lot of quality edge rushers and didn't get complete playing time. So he transferred out and went down to Florida State and had one heck of a season playing for the Seminoles. Jermaine Johnson. Falcons need to be watching this guy very closely. 6'5", 265 pounds, bringing it off the edge. 83-inch wingspan, Nernie. Does that impress you? 83-inch wingspan, baby. He could probably get some lift with uh, with that kind of a wingspan, Buck. I really like this guy, too, and I liked him when he was at Georgia. We didn't get to see a heck of a lot of him, but when he was in there, he was getting the job done. I saw the things he was doing down in Tallahassee this past season, and, you know, some of those things, I just went, wow. One of the top defenders in the ACC this past season. Now, he's looking like he's a a mid to late first-round pick at this point in time. He might improve his stock down at the Senior Bowl and be a legitimate first-round pick. Jermaine Johnson, keep an eye on him. Here's a guy the Atlanta Falcons should be totally focused on. Then there's this cat out of South Carolina, this edge rusher, uh, Kingsley and Agbari, I believe. War number one, numero uno for the Gamecocks this past season. Now, he's got a day two projection. So we're talking about second or third rounder. Could fit. You see what the Falcons do on defense, multiple up front on their defensive line, constantly uh, moving around. Uh, looks like a 3-4 defensive end. Top of the second round kind of guy. 6-3-260. Reminds me a little bit of Aziz Ojolari. Came out of Georgia a year ago. Who really uh, did some good things in his rookie season in the NFL. So I'm hoping the Falcons 
and Mr. Fontenot are checking out these defensive linemen this week, and they're taking a good long look at both of these edge rushers, Jermaine Johnson and Kingsley Enagbari, because we can use somebody like these two guys. You know, the other guy I want to be looking at, too, is we need a running back in the first way, in the worst way. And, look, I'm not saying take a, take a running back in the first round. I'm not saying that at all. But Brian Robinson out of Alabama is a very mature guy. I mean, he he did the, the full five years over at Alabama. He's not one of these young dudes coming out after three years. He paid his dues. He was in that Alabama program for five years, getting his work done, and really exploded when given the opportunity in his final season this past year. Really big and physical running back. I like that about him. You're seeing a lot of yards after contact. He's running through tackles. Saw him catch the ball pretty effectively this past season. He looks to me like a big-time player. A lot of tread left on the tire. Didn't carry the ball a heck of a lot over at Alabama. So I think that's another positive We need a running back in the worst way. Uh, Davis didn't do much at all. And so we had to rely on a wide receiver to come in and run the football in Patterson because we had nothing else. And I just believe we'll see the Falcons take a running back in this draft at some point in time. Well, I tell you, Brian Robinson would look good in a Falcons uniform. There is no doubt about it. So hopefully we've got uh, Coach Smith and Mr. Fontenot are down there, and they're going to be working, burning that midnight oil, checking out these practices, looking at linemen, looking at a running back, and maybe a receiver. I'm just saying maybe a first-round pick at receiver would help because we certainly, without Ridley, we're going to need one of those too. We've got multiple needs as the Falcons move forward and just uh, have a lot of hope that these guys are going to be able to find some answers. So maybe we can win the NFC South next season. It, it appears to be up for grabs now that Brady has officially retired. Let's get to an NFL top five, man. Lighten it up. The best in college football and the NFL. Five, five, four, four three, three, two, two, one. one. It's time for Buck Baloo's top five. All right, joining me now is my uh, NFL truest on-up reporter, Derek Thomas. Derek? Oh, all right. NFL top five, Buck. Super Bowl quickly approaching. On both sides for the Bengals and the Rams, dealing with tight end injury issues. Is this a big deal for either or both teams? Yeah, I think it's a bigger deal for the Rams. They've got Tyler Higby. You may have seen him limp off the field against the 49ers, and they're saying it's an MCL sprain. He was second on the team in catches with 61 this season. So Stafford was going his way a lot. Uh, The backup, Kendall Blanton. He stepped up, had a a decent game. He had five catches in that game Sunday. But I do believe it's a bigger deal for the Rams. The Bengals, you've got Uzuma. He's got the same deal. He's got an MCL sprain. He's from Metro Atlanta, by the way. The North Gwinnett Bulldog. CJ, MCL sprain also. He had 13 catches in the playoffs before he went down. But I do believe with Cincinnati, with with so many weapons they can get the ball to offensively. I mean, they got a trio of wide receivers. 
that Burrow has a lot of confidence in. I'm just going to say the Bengals uh, less impacted if their tight end can't go. It was I'm had a good year though. Uh, set career highs in catches, yards, and touchdowns. Scored yeah, five he's touchdowns. a big target out there. Yeah, athletic. He, at, as the season has gone on, he's been more a, a bigger part of that offense. So we'll move on. Speaking of Cincy, it's a big day. It's been a while since the Bengals could say they were in the Super Bowl. So Cincy, thirty-four years was is, it? is that right? Yeah, thirty-something years. Um, so they're closing public schools the day after the Super Bowl and up in Cincinnati. How you like that, Buck? Well, I, I say that that's that's showing a lot of confidence, man. I mean, because look, they're they're counting on the Bengals winning, so these kids can be a part of the big celebration. So to me, that that says, man, they are confident they're taking down the Rams in the Super Bowl. I mean, you don't need a day off when your team loses the Super Bowl. And you're just wallowing in it. I could have used a few weeks off after we lost the Super Bowl. I was going to say, for me, Bob, the last two big football games that we had between Georgia and the Falcons, I took the next day off because, as I would say, win, lose, or draw, I don't, I'm not coming to work tomorrow. Yeah, it makes for a long night. And then an early morning, too, for the parents out there that have to go to work. The kids... You know, we're going to get – I can hear Kincaid right now going off saying, you know, uh, the, these kids need to be in school. How dare them give these kids they, – they need to be studying the math, looking at the science, wearing those masks. I just think Cincinnati, man, they, they're showing some confidence. They're thinking they're going to win this. Won every other big game this year. Let's see. Joe Burrow. Guy just doesn't lose. All right, Buck, give me your take on – we were watching, talking about some of the pregame NFL guys. Give me your take on Terry Bradshaw. Is he, is he, how know, do you feel I about him always, on that as Fox a kid, cover? I was always fascinated with Bradshaw. He's a, he's a character. Yeah, there was one of these NFL films, videos that I remember seeing, you know, as a, a kid watching Bradshaw playing with the Steelers, and it was like uh, Bradshaw was on the sideline, and it was during a game in game on the sideline didn't have his helmet on he's did he walk- have hair then yeah he had yeah. you know the, the good looking hairstyle and he was walking up and down the sideline he was telling all those Steelers that were willing to listen man uh, the light has come on I can see what those safeties are doing I I just now I uh, know where I need to be going with the football the lights on this is exciting uh, I know how to uh, read coverage now I mean he was so happy that he had figured it out. And let me tell you, he was playing with a lot of talented teammates. I'll tell you that. I'm just so impressed that he's still going strong, man. I mean, Bradshaw's like about 75 years old. And i tell you the thing I love about Bradshaw is the sense of humor. A lot of these broadcasters, uh, sports broadcasters, analysts, they take themselves so seriously. And Bradshaw's never done that. He is looking to have some fun, mister. Now, I hadn't taken time to see his reality show, The Bradshaw Bunch. Have y'all seen this? I can't stop watching. No, I'm just kidding. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I hadn't seen it either. What a great gig. I think they're paying him $5 million a year. That's not bad work if you can get it. And that's not his money Fox is giving away, by the way. Yeah, they try to act like that. We know that's not. Bradshaw's having fun. I've always liked that about him. 
Yeah, not afraid to uh, poke fun at himself. I like he's yeah. appearing shirtless. Doesn't take himself too like seriously. That. Yeah. All right, Buck, a local guy turned in the NFL. Um, we're talking about Justin Fields for the Cincinnati, or excuse me, for the Chicago Bears. How do you feel about his new head coach? Is it Eberflus? I think that's how you say it. Yeah, strange name. Is Justin? Is, yeah, Eberflus. Eberflus. Is Justin Fields in a good spot with him? Well, I saw where Eberflus. Plus. said, and I quote, we're going to build the offense around fields. Well, yeah. I mean, my goodness, you took him with a first-round pick. I mean, it's a no-brainer. You better build the offense around Justin Fields. Oh, come on, man. Not David Montgomery, no. I mean, that makes sense. Is that how he got the job? He walked in and said, you know what? I know uh, you're looking at me as a defensive guy, but I'm going to build the offense around Justin Fields. You got the job. You know, the first move they need to make, building the offense around fields, they need some playmakers because they don't have any. He's basically the only playmaker they've got. They might want to give him some weapons to get the ball to. Now, they hired the Green Bay quarterback coach as the new offensive coordinator. Luke Getze is his name. And... No track record with Luke Getzey. I'm not familiar with his work. I mean, Justin Fields in private is probably wondering what's going on here. Well, we'll pull for Justin and find the Buck in the uh, in the Super Bowl Fifty Six coming up. Cincinnati Bengals and the L.A. Rams. What is the biggest mismatch you see between these two teams? Well, I have not completely broken down the game. And yeah, I it's love, only Tuesday. I love doing it. Uh, the matchups really intrigue me, and it goes back to my playing days, which is what you do when you watch the video. Okay, who's their, uh, who's their three technique? Okay, here's our offensive guard. So how does he match up against that guy? Our offensive tackle taking on this edge rusher. How's that matchup look? Our wide receiver working on that boundary right uh, side of the field cornerback. How's that matchup looking? It's all about the matchups. And so I love doing this, but off the cuff, I would say, okay, who's trying to block Aaron Donald? Because Joe Burrow's been getting sacked a heck of a lot this season. And the Cincinnati Bengals, their offensive guard that's going to be on Aaron Donald, Hakeem Adeniji, young player out of Kansas. Good luck, young man. Not exactly a football hotbed, the Kansas Jayhawk program. So I'd say that's the biggest mismatch to me. Hakeem Adeniji taking on Aaron Donald. They better get Adeniji some help. Bucks top five on 680 The Fan, Atlanta's sports station. Yeah, there's your NFL top five, which leads us right up to the Bulldog Roundtable. The fan is proud to be the official sports talk station of the dogs. And it's time for Bulldog Roundtable with Buck Baloo. 25, 20, 45, like 15, 10, 5, get in there, touchdown! Bulldog Roundtable is proudly presented by Georgia's own credit union. How Glaw Group, Georgia Pack and Load, AAA, and by attorney Ken Nugent. And that's going to be the ball game. Georgia will win this ball game. Only on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM.
Well, word on the street today is the Bulldogs tight end Darnell Washington is set to return for his third year at the University of Georgia. Now, he was one of the ones that I had my eye on. I heard, you know, I had some uh, sources telling me, look out for Darnell Washington transferring out after the season that he just had, where he only had 10 catches this year, 10 catches and a touchdown, one against Alabama in the SEC title game. And coming into the year, man, I had grossly overrated the impact that Darnell Washington would be making on this Bulldog team. I thought Darnell Washington was going to be one of the top breakout players in the Deep South. Wrong. Barely made an impact. And look, I don't blame Darnell Washington for considering transferring out of the University of Georgia as he gets ready to take the next big step into the National Football League because his body says, his body has NFL written all over it. I don't blame him for thinking about leaving, going to a place where he's going to get targeted more than he got targeted this past season. Because, look, he was barely involved this year. And I talked about it a little bit on the show. Limited targets, didn't get the ball in his hands very much. Had to be frustrating for big, big zero. Saw that ball going to Brock Bauer so much during the entire season. Brock caught about 60 balls. Again, Darnell caught 10. In fact, Darnell, the NFL scouts down the road, they've got plenty of tape of Darnell Washington blocking at the tight end position. But you know what? You don't get drafted as a first-round pick with tape of uh, yourself blocking at the tight end position. You're a first-round pick because when the ball comes your way, you snag it and you do some big things after you catch it. And that's missing on the resume tape right now. I mean, his highlight reel, he had seven catches as a freshman. So 17 catches in a two-year period. Highlight reel, not very long, unless you include all the blocking that he had on that thing. Uh, maybe uh, Todd Monken, uh, Kirby have, have gotten to Darnell Washington and won him over with the impact he's going to make in this third season, the upcoming season how much they need him to stay and be a part of this offense. He did get dinged up last season, had a foot injury that kept him out for a lengthy period of time. He was able to get back out there at the end of the season. But this cat is a mismatch when you're putting him in out on the pass routes. And right now, uh, the, this is looking like if Darnell Washington does come back, Georgia would have the top tight end duo in college football in 2022. Please, uh, 404-231-1680, if you know of a better combination at tight end than Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington in the upcoming season, please give us a call right now and let us know. I don't believe there is one. Not planning on fielding any calls on this one. Yeah, I mean, seriously. There's not a better combination in college football. Darnell Washington. Wouldn't blame him if he transferred. Hope he stays. And there's your Bulldog Roundtable today. Hey, golfers, the fan and Bears Best Atlanta are here with an invitation for you to kick off your golf season with the 2022 Chili Dip Open at Bears Best in Swanee. If your business wants to jumpstart your year by reaching some of Atlanta's most active and affluent golfers, 
Well, send an email to golf at 680thefan.com for sponsorship information. You get a tee box on one of the holes, inclusion in all of our promos on the fan, a foursome to play in the event, and the best part is you're going to be helping First Tee Atlanta with a portion of the proceeds. It's the Chili Dip Open, benefiting First Tee Metro Atlanta, Friday, February 25th at Bears Best, and it's brought to you by Ghost Coast Distillery. This stuff matters. Haug Law Group, Beaver Toyota, Georgia Hemp Company, and our great friends at the PGA Tour Superstore. It's first on my calendar for the golf events this year, the Chili Dip Open. Coming back on the other side, we'll take a look. Georgia Tech football's in the news. We'll tell you what that is coming up next. Buck Palusha here on the fan, 680 and 937. Tom Brady is a fit. A lifetime of hard work. Children laughing in the kitchen. Family photos on a restaurant wall. A legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Actually retiring from NFL football life. Talked about this yesterday on the show. Anticipating this would be coming down. Officially, it came down on Instagram today. Brady saying, I am not going to make that competitive commitment anymore. Basically takes over your life. Every day of the year, you're thinking about it. Every day of the year, you're doing something to get ready for the upcoming season. In season, as a quarterback in the National Football League, basically leaves you no time for anything else as far as your family, children, things of that nature. And Brady, 22 NFL seasons, man. Talk about a commitment that he made to be the best that he can be. It's been amazing. Never one losing season out of Brady. Unbelievable. And uh, sad to see him go, man. Uh, You knew it was coming, though. This thing was coming. Uh, You know, he could have come back, maybe played one more year. There was this idea. He said he wanted to play until he was 45, and that would have been next season. Just couldn't get there anymore. So wishing Tom Brady nothing but the best. DT, what what are you thinking about with Brady stepping down officially? Well, I'm curious of what he thinks about the future of the Bucs next year. Yeah, he's not thinking about that. that. Might be well. I think he may have been thinking about that when he made the decision. I because bet he and Giselle are planning some big long vacation. If I'm being totally honest, if you'd asked me two weeks ago, I would have said that I don't imagine he stepped down just because he played at such a high level still this this season. I was ready for him to retire five years ago, but the way he played last year, it, yeah, it's a little great. surprising, especially for a 44 year old. So I wonder, Buck, you talked. He talked about the commitment. And that's, of course, you know, working out and, and watching film and practicing. Is he going to maybe let himself eat like a cheeseburger now? 
Oh, go back to the pre-NFL draft, Bod Brady. Yeah, that's he wasn't always the the most physically uh, no, Im- imposing. He was a little jiggly coming yeah. out of Michigan. This guy though took it to a new level as far as the uh, competitive fire that was burning inside of him. Guy was awesome. Nobody will ever say anything about his uh, competitive competitiveness or his, or commi- drive yeah, his or commitment to the game. Yeah, leadership, commitment uh, to winning. He, yeah, he's not my favorite player, but obviously a remarkable career. I mean, you'll see and hear about these other guys that will come down the road later and say, you know, that guy is—he's one of the hardest workers in the league. And they'll say, yeah, but he would fail in comparison to TB12 and what he was doing back in the day. He set a pretty high standard. Yeah, pretty strong example for the guys that follow. But Tom Brady was a an, was a Hall of Famer. Before I left high school, that it's he had already won two Super Bowls. I'm I'm a grown man now. And yeah, I saw one of the episodes last night running on ESPN. Uh, I forget the title uh, of the. Uh, Was that the the man in the arena? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. The man in the arena. I haven't caught any of that yet. Yeah, I caught one of these last night, and I couldn't walk away from it. And I ended up being late to pick up my son. From baseball practice yesterday, so I couldn't draw myself away from it. <laughs> couldn't stop watching. It was that. really intriguing, man. Uh, you know, you'd like to. Uh, they, they want you to believe at this point in time he and Belichick are knocking heads or don't like each other. Uh, Tom Brady, early in his career, was so thankful of being able to play for a head coach like Bill Belichick, and it showed up on the. Uh, the piece I was showing last night, man. By the way, he always used to refer to him just as coach. He was like he was like a high schooler talking about Bill Belichick with the the reverence that he yeah, had. Yeah, I love the uh, behind the scenes look. I just enjoy that kind of thing. All right, uh, Georgia Tech football. Their schedule dropped, and uh, looking at the 2022 schedule for the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, I, I cringe a little bit when I look at the season opening game. So they're going to open the season against the Clemson Tigers on Labor Day in the Chick-fil-A kickoff game. And the Tigers are going to be super motivated. Coming off a season where they took a step back, still won double-digit games, but it was a step back for the Clemson Tigers. So you know they're going to be motivated to bounce back. Last season had to be frustrating, missing out on the college football playoffs. They are regarded as a team that will return to the college football playoffs in 2022. And I'm concerned about what a blowout loss to the Jackets would do to Georgia Tech. We are the home of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets here, 680 the fan. So you get blown out by Clemson in the season opening game, Nerney. Does that crush the support for Georgia Tech after the first game of the season? If you go down hard to Clemson to get it started? Because, Sean, this is a prove-it season for head coach Jeff Collins. This is huge for him. He's already fired some of his assistant coaches after this season. Disappointed. You can't do that but once. The next time, you're on the chopping block. So I look at their schedule, and I can't get past the season opening game, Sean. Well, the first week's not its not going to make or break, but you're right. I mean, Jeff Collins, he needs to, to, to finish out six, seven wins and get to a bowl. I mean, that, that's what I think he needs to do this year. And, I mean, yeah, the, the, begin, the first four games, 
I mean, that's what I'm really looking at. I mean, Clemson, obviously, we know where we're going to get. You got Western Carolina, uh, a game that you have to win if you're trying to get wins this year. But, you know, we said that about Northern Illinois last year and the Citadel uh, a couple years ago as well. Then you got Ole Miss and then UCF. To, to finish out September, or I'm sorry, Pitt is right at the end of it. So you got, yeah, Clemson, Western Carolina, Ole Miss, UCF, and then Pitt. I mean, that's that is a really really tough gauntlet to start the season. You get a little bit of a reprieve with Duke the next week and the bye week, but I mean, the, to finish this season out too, Virginia Tech, Miami, North Carolina, UGA, it it is not a favorable schedule at all. Yeah. So yeah, UCF games in Orlando too. They could be one in three to finish out uh, September. Yeah, prove it season for Jeff Collins. Got to get it right. Time for the final word today. Speaking of college football, a shout-out to one of the Deep South's top rivalry games. Talking Florida and Florida State. They have switched it up, man. They're going prime time in 2022. Wonder if Dion had anything to do with this. Prime time. Going to tee it up Friday evening after Thanksgiving Day. It's going to be a showcase game in prime time. This rivalry kicked off in 1958. And only once since then have they played the day after Thanksgiving. So this will be the second time ever. And as a Georgia guy, look, I'm also a deep south college football guy. And so I would love to see Florida State rise up again. Take down the Gators. It's been a minute. And make this rivalry special again. Seminoles, they have fallen off the face of the earth. And the Gators are starting over with a new coach. I'm going to see this rivalry get back up top. I miss it as a college for Deep South college football guy. So hopefully this is going to help springboard it. Primetime showdown, day after Thanksgiving, Florida and Florida State. I'll be looking forward to that. And there's your final word on the show today. The first day of February. It's going to do it for the Buck Baloo Show. For Nerney, Derek Thomas, and Road Dog Gillespie, we're hoping you have a great rest of your Tuesday, everybody. Nick and Chris are coming up next. Thank you, Buck. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.